Amen, amen, amen. Man, I am excited to be here with you, man. I don't even know how to follow that time. I'm just, again, just so grateful for all of you, for this church. Man, it's been such a blessing to uh, me and my family, and I'm just so grateful to know that uh, even being sent out, y'all are still family. We always have family here. And man, even excited, we got the newlyweds in the house up here, man. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 if you have your Bible. Um, if you don't have your Bible, uh, we'll have it on the screen. Uh, but I encourage you to get one, man. You got the stimulus check coming on the way. Man, go invest in a Bible. That is a worthy investment. Amen. Better, better than anything else. New shoes, get you a Bible, all right? Um, but here, here's what I want to do. We're only reading one verse this morning to start us out. Uh, that's not typical for me, uh, but, but it's, it's such a loaded, packed verse. But what I, I don't want us to miss is that this is the most important part of the sermon. What the Bible has to say is far more important than anything that I have to say. So, so my goal all of this morning is I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to take the rest of the service to point us back to the verse and highlight it. So I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to read it slow. I want you to even read along with me because this is the point. All right, so in Ephesians 6, verse 14, it starts with, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's just read it one more time. Stand therefore. Man, that was a sermon already. Having fastened on the belt of truth. That was another sermon. Man, you got to listen to those. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, I thank you for your word that we don't have to guess at this life. Lord, you tell us. You speak to us. We hear from you. Lord, I thank you for this word. Lord, I pray that you would help us be open this morning. Open to, to whatever you would have for us. Open to your word, your instruction, your truth. Lord, help us to even focus in this time. Lord, I pray that you give us a supreme focus on you to, in this morning. Better than ever. Lord, we love you. May you be glorified through the preaching and teaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, so this is a, just a loaded verse, but we're just going to look at one part of it, and it's that very end, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. And, and even in that, we're going to focus primarily on the last word. The, the word is Righteousness. But before we go any further, I'm going to use that word a lot. I think it's very helpful that we have a healthy definition of righteousness. I was in a, in a debate with a friend of mine this past week, and we were going back and forth. And then we just got to a point, I said, wait, wait, what is your definition of what we're debating about? And he tells me, I was like, okay, we're debating about two different things, right? Because we had different definitions. So we need a, a healthy, good definition of what righteousness is. And so I took from several different definitions. This is kind of the, the culmination of all of them. And the definitions we have for righteousness this morning is <clears throat> being and doing what is right. Being and doing what is right. That's our definition for righteousness this morning. It, it, it's being what is right. It's doing what is right. 
And, and the reason I wanted that foundation is because, man, I, I read a lot of different scholars this past week, and a lot of them disagree about what the breastplate Paul was referring to, what it actually looked like. Some thought it may have been just like sheets of metal to protect. Some maybe even said it could have been this thick leather to, to protect against darts. And, and, and many said it, it probably was like the Roman breastplate, that the one that, that you often see that has like the perfectly sculpted chest and the 12-pack abs. That's the one I'm envisioning, and we're going to talk about that more later. But we could disagree about that, but we got to agree here. This is the, the, the primary point. Far more than the peace is the righteousness. And so there's four things I want us to see when we look at God's word and the breastplate of righteousness, um, how, how does that apply to us and, and what are we to do with that? So the very first thing that I want us to see and understand, and this is the foundation, if we don't get this, nothing else matters. The truth informs our righteousness. The truth informs our righteousness. It was not a mistake that the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness was in the same verse. Again, if you haven't uh, went and listened to last week's sermon, uh, if you don't understand the truth, this week's sermon is pointless. The reason this is so important is because if we're supposed to, uh, to live out a righteous life and be and do what is right, we have to know what is right. It reminds me of, of my childhood when my favorite games was Monopoly. Any Monopoly fans? Anybody like hate Monopoly? but probably more. I love Monopoly. It's one of my favorite games, and I always won. That may have been why it was my favorite. But me and my cousins, we, we always played, and what I found out when I played with other people is that we had our own rules. Right? For, for example, like if you land on go, you get an extra 200. Another rule I had that, that isn't in the book was if you run out of houses, you go find whatever you can to make you another house. You got pieces of shoestring on there or whatever else. But what I found out when I played with other people is like they had different rules. And so, man, I can argue. And so we would argue back and forth like, no, 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 my rule's better. And I'd be like, no, my rule's better. And we're always in it up. It's like, all right, let's forget about your rules and my rules. What does the rule book say? Because the creator of the game, the person that designed it, he's the one that gets to decide the rules. And that's so much more true with our life. Look, look, the God of the universe, he literally spoke the stars into existence. He said, hey, waves and shore, you stop right here. He got some dust and he made man. That God, the creator of everything, he gets to make the rules. He's the one that we look to. Look, in, in a culture, in a time where everyone in the world is trying to tell you what is right, you have a red party and a blue party trying to tell you what's right, and they're, they're different. You have parents trying to tell you what's right. You have teachers telling us what is right. You have scientists telling us what is right. And all of them are conflicting. In a time and an age when all that's going on, we have to have a standard of truth. And guys, it's God's word. It's God's word. And so if we want to live a righteous life, if we want to be and do what is right, we got to know what is right. I feel like we find ourselves in a, in a lot of situations 
a lot of different times where we're wrestling with, man, what, what do I do in this situation? Do I do this or that? When, when, when God said, hey, I've already been clear about that. Right? When we find ourselves wrestling, man, do I move in with my girlfriend or boyfriend? Like, I, I really want to. I'm wrestling with that. I want to do the right thing. I want to do what makes us happy. I want to do what sets us up for success. Do what's right. And, and the, the truth, the, the Bible already informs us on that subject. And so many other things. Right? I feel like often we find ourselves in situations just begging God, hey, hey, tell me from heaven, like, yell at me what you want me to do. And he's like, I already told you. He's like, I don't need to say it again. Go to the book. Stop going to Netflix. Right? So, so that's our foundation. Again, if, if we don't get that right, nothing else matters. The truth, the Bible, it informs our righteousness. If we want to do and be what's right, we got to know the truth. The second thing I really want us to see in this passage is that we are vulnerable to the enemy. We are vulnerable to the enemy. Pastor Hyden talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Man, the enemy is scheming against you. He's got a plan. He wants to take you out. And here's why, why I highlight this, that, that we were vulnerable to the enemy. Because another thing, when we were playing Monopoly as kids, we were wrestling, right, all the time. It was fitting that we had the WWE belt up here last week. But that's what we did as kids. But almost always, me and my cousins, before we started wrestling, like, all right, what's the ground rules? Right, first, no tickling. <laughs> Secondly, no poking in the eyes. And if you tickle me, I'm going to poke you in your eyes. Right, we had to set the ground rules, and it's like, all right, everything else goes. Well, the enemy, he's waiting for you to say the things you don't want him to do, and he said, like, hey, that's what I'm going to do. Man, Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, uh, man, this is a tough verse, and it really goes against uh, culture. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Man, culture tells you, hey, follow your heart. The Bible tells you your heart's going to mislead you. Your heart says, hey, do what feels good in this moment. Do what you think you want to do right now. Mess up your future for this moment. And you know what the enemy does? Man, he uses that against you. Man, we will have desires in our heart. We even know they're wrong. And the enemy would just say, hey, nobody's going to know. Just commit the sexual sin. Go to the website. Cheat on your taxes. Nobody's going to know. Man, other people do way worse than that. It'll make you feel good. And we begin to, to listen to the lies of the enemy. And then he even takes it a step further, because then... We find ourselves, we take that step. We listen to him. And as soon as we do, then he, he lies to us again and says, man, I can't believe you did that. Man, God can't love you anymore. Man, you can't talk to God after you did that. Man, everybody's going to find out. You need to feel all the shame and all the guilt. 
Because look, we're vulnerable to the enemy. On our own, we are so vulnerable. And, and I'm not just saying that like I'm not. That's me. That's Pastor Mike. That's PA. That's us. We are vulnerable to the enemy on our own. We've got to be aware of that. One of the things that, that, that really uh, drives this home is just a, a quote that, that I want to share with you. And this is by H.B. Charles, just a brother just killing it. And he says, if you never run into the enemy, that means you're probably going in the same direction. But look, here, here's what I wanted to share with that, because some of you may be thinking, man, I got this thing under control. Like, I'm not even getting attacked. I'm not even feeling vulnerable. And H.B. saying, hey, man, if you're not getting attacked, that means you're probably just going in the same direction. That's tough. Because the reality is, man, if you're living for Jesus, if you're living for uh, righteousness, the enemy hates it. So he's going to do whatever he can, whatever it takes to stop you. And if he's not trying, maybe you're not living for him. And so there's twofold of that. One, I want you to know that you are vulnerable. Second, man, you are going to be attacked. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The enemy is going to attack you. And he's going to hit you where you are the weakest every time. And that's a different, uh, you have a different weakness than, than George. George has a different weakness than me. But he's going to hit you where you're weakest. We're vulnerable to the enemy. Third thing. And that, man, that like felt like just tough. Like that was kind of heavy. But here's the good news. Here's one of the, the best parts of the message. Number three is that Jesus' righteousness covers us. Amen. Jesus' righteousness covers us. This is why I love that Paul uses the breastplate here. Right? Because you put a, a breastplate on and it covers all the vital organs. It covers your weakest spot, your heart. It covers you. And that's what Jesus does. Man, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, God said, he looked at the world. He looked at his creation and said, man, they have screwed it up so bad. And they're continuing to make mistakes. And I'm even going to, he's even looking in the future. Man, 2,000 years from then, uh, everybody in the walk house, man, they're still messing it up. But he said, it's okay. Because he sent his only son, Jesus, to live a perfect, sinless life. He displayed righteousness in his life. And he died on the cross. And while he was on that cross, he took my sin, your sin, every mistake you've ever made, every mistake you ever will make. You mean even the future ones? Yes, because all your mistakes were in the future at the time. He took every one of them and he said, hey, I'm going to put those on myself and I'm going to cover them with my blood. And then three days later, three days later, Jesus rose from the grave to declare victory over it. He said, the enemy can't have you. He said, I cover you. Man, 2 Corinthians 5, man, it just puts this verse on display. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. He made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, the good news is this morning, if you say, hey, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm going to stop trying to figure it out myself because I keep messing this thing up. I'm turning to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, save me. What he will do, he will faithfully save you. And what happens is something called imputed righteousness. Christ's righteousness will then be applied to your account. So now when Jesus sees you, he doesn't just see a perfect you. He sees his son, Jesus, because he covers you. Man, that is good news. That is good news. Jesus' righteousness covers you. Man, we can take comfort in that. And here's the comfort I want you to take in that. If, if you said, Lord, I've given my life to you, Lord, I surrender to you, and Jesus is covering you, as soon as that enemy says, whenever you make that mistake, because you're going to do it. You're going to do it today. Like, let's just be real. And whenever that enemy says, man, God can never love you after doing that. Man, sit in your, your shame and your guilt. You can look back and say, no, Jesus' righteousness covers me. Jesus' righteousness covers you. That's the good news of the gospel. Here's the, the other side of that. Some of you may be in the room today saying, hey, I got this. I don't need nobody else. I don't need Jesus. I'm doing good. I can figure it out on my own. And R.C. Sproul, love this brother, he says, the only works of righteousness that will ever justify me are the works of Christ. You can't do it. There's not enough good you can do. There's not enough right things you can do. There's not enough time reading the Bible that you can take. Jesus says, hey, stop trying. I already did it. And I cover you. But I, I got to, like, experience this uh, about a year and a half ago. And this might even bring it to life for you a little bit more. I was at um, one of our favorite spots, me and my wife. We were celebrating something. I don't remember. But we go to this place only when we celebrate something. We were at Texas Day Brazil. <laughs> and, man, we were going in. And, man, we get to the end of the meal, and I'm trying to decide between the last piece of steak or lobster bisque or cheese bread, right? Because I can only do one, but you got to pick the right one. The lobster bisque, that's the right one. Um, and so, so I called the server. I said, all right, all right we're ready to, to pay. Uh, I'm going to give you my coupon. My wife's a nurse. You get 20% off if you didn't know that. Um, I, I'm doing all my things. And she says, sorry, sir. Your bill's been paid. It's been paid in full. I'm like, there ain't no way. Man, I can't afford myself, much less somebody else. Who paid for me? And they're like, man, it don't matter. You can't do nothing else. You just got to go and accept it. Your bill's been paid. Come on. And God looks at you, even if you're trying to tell him all the right things you've done or if you're trying to tell him all the wrong things you've done, he says, stop it. Your bill's been paid. You couldn't afford it. But Jesus paid it. Jesus' righteousness covers you. And that's so good news. That's such good news. 
Our last point this morning. Our last point this morning that I, I really want us to, to feel. It's, it's awesome that Jesus' righteousness covers us. But the fourth thing is that uh, we must now become like Jesus. Look, when, when God saves you, he looks at you, and he says, man, I see Jesus. But from that, from that moment, even though God's righteousness was imputed to you, he said, man, now I'm going to take every single day for the rest of your life and make you like Jesus. This is why one of the reasons I love the illustration of the breastplate, and it reminds me of the story of David, right? The, mo- the most famous story of David is with David and Goliath. Right, David was this Israelite, and, and nobody wanted to fight this giant Goliath except David, this little shepherd boy. And he comes along and says, hey, I, I'll do it. And King Saul says, well, we ain't got nobody else. If you're going to do it, you at least got to put on my armor because you ain't got any of your own. So he puts on all this armor, and it's, it's too big. It doesn't fit. And he says, man, nah, forget it. I'm going to do it without it. And he goes and he conquers the Philistine giant. And it's an incredible story. But what I love about it is that still happens today. When, when Jesus' righteousness covers us, the breastplate don't fit. Right? It's that perfectly sculpted chest we were talking about, the 12-pack abs. You're like, man, I got one pack. You're like, man, the armor don't fit. But the reality is God says, hey, the breastplate's not the problem. You're the problem. God doesn't change the breastplate. He changes you. Let me, let me get that again. God never alters the breastplate of righteousness to fit the man. Rather, he alters the man to fit the breastplate. Man, so, so the good news, we're, we're covered. We're covered by the breastplate of righteousness. Right? Jesus covers us. But from that moment, he says, hey, I'm going to make you more and more like me every single day. And look, I'm not going to do it all tomorrow. But it's going to be a faithful process. Every day, he's going to make us more and more like him. Man, that, that, that is good news again. Because uh, if, if you're like me, and you just take a survey of your life, and, and I'm like, man, there's like 150,000 things I need to fix. And, and in this, in God's faithfulness, I feel like God just reminds me sometimes, because I get so discouraged. And he goes, hey, but look where you were. He says, I'm doing a work in you that I'm going to complete. I'm the one making you more and more like me. Man, so, so the imputed righteousness of Christ, man, that's good news. It's been given to us, but then he's making us more and more like him. More and more like him. So, so where does that leave us? I, I want to give us four practical steps that help us live this thing out. Help us live out this righteous lifestyle. First one is know the truth. Like I said it so many times earlier, we can't do what's right unless we know what's right. Know the truth, guys. Like like the greatest investment you can make in your life, the greatest investment you can make in your life is spending time in this book. Look, it's it's not super kale salads. (laughs) It's not exercise. Those are good things. 
It's not a life coach. It's the book. Know the truth. And man, it shapes your life. Some of you may even be like, man, I tried. It's just boring. Man, Robbie Gallaty, he says it this way. He says, uh, get into the word until the word gets into you. Man, it is a good book and so helpful for, for everything in life. And 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, I forgot to put it up earlier, I want to put it up now, is that uh, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable, and profitable. That means it's good for you. We're we all about profits, and the Bible is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. And the Bible is what fuels that. The Bible is what's helpful. Invest in yourself, know the truth. Second thing, understand your weaknesses. Look, if you ain't got a weakness, raise your hand. Exactly. If you, you did raise your hand, you're lying. That's your weakness. We all got weaknesses. Right? Like, it gets on my nerves when we, we get in, like, a small group and we're trying to be real. And we're like, man, George, what, what you struggling with? And George just hit me with, man, I just prayed too much this past week. Like, you know, it, it started, I, I was late for something. Like, I just got to not pray as much. Like, man, chill out. <laughs> man, we all got weaknesses, right, George? And yours are different than mine. Mine's different than yours. But we got to know our weaknesses because we got to know where the enemy's going to attack us. I'll share one of mine with you. And this is going to sound silly to probably most of you. But a weakness for me is fantasy sports. Look, well, I've, I've tried di several different times in my life to play fantasy football, fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. But what happens every single time is I get so unrighteously angry because you got Juju Smith-Schuster that puts up two points. Right? And I'm furious. And, or or they, it wastes so much of my time. And I'm like, man, I took up 14 hours this weekend researching stuff and, and not spending time with my family, not spending time with the Lord. So I had to say, man, that is a weakness in my life. I got to eliminate it. And you know what? The reality is Paul says that makes me the weaker brother, right? That I can't do it and not sin because maybe you can, and that's awesome, but I can't. But I understand my weaknesses. What are yours? Maybe like, man, I just keep falling into uh, sexual sin with my boyfriend or girlfriend. And, and you recognize Man, it always happens after 11 o'clock. Your weakness is 11 p.m. Give yourself a curfew. I don't care if you're 40. Man, know your weakness. Come on. Maybe like, man, my weakness is, is just watching television. I get so consumed with that. It makes me talk different. It gets me upset. Stop it. Hey, figure out what your weakness is. We all have them. They're all different. But no, whatever your weakness is, whatever your weaknesses are, the enemy's going to use those. Not, not just once, like, like repeatedly, over and over again. Right? The, the enemy's going to whisper in your ear, hey, you can play fantasy this year. The same thing's not going to happen. 
And then, and then once you start, well, you committed now. Know your weaknesses. Understand your weaknesses. Third thing. The third thing. And this is one, like, just especially for me. If nobody else gives this one, it's helpful for me as I've been in my study this week. Rest in the righteousness of Jesus. Look, rest in that. Jesus' righteousness covers you. That's good news. That means that, that you ain't got to get everything right tomorrow. Right? That, that's my mentality. I, I look at my life, I see the hundred things wrong, and I say, all right, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 4, and no, I'm going to wake up at 3.30. I'm going to read the Bible for an hour. I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going to work out for an hour. I'm going to cook breakfast for my wife and kids. I'm going to get the kids. I'm going to fast lunch and memorize a chapter of the Bible. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then you know what happens? You know what happens. Tomorrow comes. Alarm goes off at 3.30. I don't just hit snooze. I hit stop. <laughs> I wake up at 8 o'clock. I'm late for everything. And, and just discourage even more. Look, look. Rest in the righteousness of Jesus. Man, he's covered you. Now, now we, we're going to uh, work to be more like him, but, but, but rest in that. Don't, don't take your lows as the lowest lows, man. Just rest that Jesus covered you. Man, we're going to sing a song here in just a minute that says, uh, Jesus, my righteousness, Lord, how I need you. We need him. We need him. Last thing. Last thing I'm going to leave you with. Take a step every single day. Take a step every single day when it comes to righteousness. Man, what is one right step you can take? Again, I don't want you to take 100 steps tomorrow because you're going to fail. That happens to me all the time. But what is one right step you can take? Man, what is one thing you can eliminate from your life tomorrow, today? What's one thing you can start doing to be molded into that breastplate of righteousness? identify it. Write it down. Tell somebody else so they can hold you accountable. Like, get serious about it. But take a step. Take a step. Some of you in the room today, your next step is saying, hey, Jesus, I've been doing it on my own. I've been trying to live this life all by myself. I've been trying to just do what's right but I've been doing it without you, Jesus. Some of you need to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to stop trying to do it on my own. I want you. I need you. And look, if you do that, Jesus says, you're covered. I got you. Your debt's paid. I'm covering you. Or you can put your faith and trust in Jesus today. I would love for you to do that today. We're going to pray in just a moment, and you, and you can do that. Others of you, uh, maybe have already put your trust in Jesus, but you still have been relying way too heavy on yourself. You're like, man, I, I need to do this. I need to get this right. It's all about you. Well, maybe this morning you need to make it all about Jesus. And make much of Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray here in just a minute, and, and we're going to sing that song, Lord, I Need You. And a couple of things I just would, would just love for you to do is make a decision this morning. If you don't make a decision today, you're making a decision. I want you to make a decision. Uh, this is what I hope this decision looks like. Maybe it's like, 
Lord, I trust you. I put my faith in you. I'm tired of doing it on my own. Lord, save me. That's a decision. Second decision, Lord, I've been doing it on my own. You've already saved me. I need to rest in your righteousness. Lord, I'm giving it all to you. Maybe the decision is, man, I've identified this weakness. I've identified this step, and I'm going to take it today. But make a decision for Jesus today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Again, Lord, I thank you that we don't have to guess about the truth. Lord, you've told us clearly the truth, what is right. Lord, your righteousness covers us for in you. Lord, there's not enough good things that we can do. We just need you. And Lord, I pray that over those in this room. Lord, I pray that you'd save people today. Lord, I pray that people would surrender their lives to you, saying, Lord, I give up on me and I, I put my trust in you. Lord, I pray that you would help people identify weaknesses and, and steps to take in their life today. Lord, and give them the faith and strength to take it. Lord, as the person said in Matthew, said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I pray that over this room, Lord, that, that there would be people that you just even help their unbelief. Because, Lord, you can. Lord, there's nothing too big for you. There's no mistake too big for you. There's no problem too big for you. You covered it all. And, Lord, we praise you for that. And, Lord, I pray that we would declare our need for you in this time. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just sing these words, but we would make it a declaration on our life. Lord, we need you. Every hour we need you and we have you, we praise you, Lord. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name.